This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Finding Your Bliss with host Judy Liebrach. Heard every Saturday at 1 p.m. on Zoomer Radio. Hi, everyone. I'm Judy Liebrach, and this is Finding Your Bliss, the show that helps you find and follow your bliss. My guest, Jack Lenz, is someone whose music definitely helps people find their bliss. He's composed, arranged, and produced for some of the best artists in the world. Every week on Sunday, my daughter, Lily, is part of this wonderful community led by the angelic Ellen Schwartz called Jake's Jam. And on it, we're able to honor Jacob's life and connect the special needs community together with many talented performers on Zoom. It's people of all ages and all abilities coming together with one common love, the magical healing powers of music. Enter Jack Lenz. So for almost a year now, I've been watching this brilliant artist named Jack Lenz singing and playing the piano every Sunday on Zoom and making us all cry and feel such a cathartic release from his beautiful music. So that's where I first heard of him. But let me tell you more about what I learned in preparing for this interview. So Jack Lenz is an acclaimed and beyond talented Canadian composer who throughout his prolific career has produced films and TV series and music based feature documentaries, as well as having composed music for motion pictures, television, documentaries, Canadian news programs and award shows like the Genies and the Geminis. And his greatest love is making music for the Baha'i community from We Are Baha'is to the World Congress Music to Mona with the Children. He's best known for the Toronto Blue Jays theme song, OK Blue Jays, to the series Goosebumps and his score for Mel Gibson's film, The Passion of the Christ. Lenz contributed additional music for the John Debney score for the film. He's also written songs for Andrea Bocelli, Celine Dion, Buffy St. Marie, and the Canadian Tenors. He's also the composer for the series Good Witch. He's even produced one of my favorite groups, Della, and that bit of research just blew me away, and I started to think, what hasn't Jack Lenz done? His primary interest, though, is to support children and families dealing with severe disabilities, and his daughter, Mercy, has given him the sense of mission for the disabled. He created the Baha'i Feasts, and Holy Days Songbook, which is 33 songs for the Badi calendar. You can support this project by simply going to jacklensmusic.com. So every time I hear one of Jack Lenz's pieces, I fall in love with his music even more. Jack Lenz, welcome to Finding Your Bliss. Thank you, Judy. That's <laughs> I think that's the longest introduction I've ever had. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> but it's also the, also the nicest. So <laughs> thank you so much. I'm so glad. It's so well-deserved. Jack, you have earned truly the reputation of being Canada's music man and one of the country's most prolific composers, musical directors, and television producers. Did your love affair with music begin in Saskatchewan when you started playing classical music on the piano at the tender age of 13? Well, you you know more about me than I do. (laughs) (laughs) But I did start playing piano in Saskatchewan. And I always used to say that, you know, Saskatchewan was a great place to study music because there was so so little else to do. (laughs) 
And uh, I remember we would say, let's go to Saskatoon because they have trees there. <laughs> and, uh, and our closest neighbor when growing up on a farm was six miles away. And if they closed their their screen door, you could hear it. So there's a there's there's a lot of a lot to say for that for big sky country, but it was also a great place for imagination. And of you know, I I, I can't compare myself to one of the great um, great songwriters, but Joni Mitchell was from Saskatoon, and I think that that really inspired her. That 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 whole kind of openness and a room for imagination, as they say. So I was I was very very fortunate to grow up. Um, and have the encouragement to play and to practice, and then, you know, went on from there. You later became involved in playing for in bands, and you developed another love affair with the music of Ray Charles. And it seems that music is always the common denominator in everything you do. You studied music composition at the University of Saskatchewan. How would you describe that period in your life? there's a great expression from the guitarist Lenny Bro that where he said that the, I think he said that the seventies were so uh, mystical that he couldn't remember them. (laughs) (laughs) I think I pretty well remember everything I went through, but the combination between studying and school was really for me, uh, a period of a kind of intense search. I was really looking for a sense of, um, you know, what I could do. My parents had never met anybody that had made a living at music. So it just seemed com- uh, even more mysterious to them <laughs> than to me. But, you know, what's interesting about it is you, you learn so much through that process. I'm sure in your own life, you probably remember that's usually a period of trying to gain independence and figure out a lot of things. And I was lucky to be playing in bands because it gave me independence. And I moved out of, of home when I was 17 and sort of found my way and figured out how I could make a living at music. And I think that that was, that was the kind of the key thing, but there was also this kind of intense search for, for not just for music, but for meaning. I think that's, that was, that's what I remember mostly from that period. You're a member of the Baha'i faith and someone else that we have in common is Elaine Overholt. Oh, of course. I called Elaine Overholt because I just had this vibe that she knew you. And of course, she's known you for 35 years, along with Glenn Morley, of course. And uh, she made a beautiful album with you, which I'd love to ask you about. And also she told me about uh, Big Voice, the fact that you had uh, produced that show, which I never realized on WTN and then, of course, the Oprah Winfrey Network. And I love that show. And I'm just wondering, uh, in your 20s, because she mentioned that the Baha'i faith is the most beautiful religion. And if anyone out there is looking for religion, it's a religion that's all about being loving and forgiving and non-judgmental. And it just sounds quite beautiful. And and this is something that's very close to your heart. And I'm wondering, was when you were in this period of searching in your late teens and 20s, was this the first time you sort of came you know, in this, this came to you to, to become part of the Baha'i faith. And what was the trajectory of all that? Very much so. And, and, and uh, thanks for mentioning Elaine. She's just one of my favorite people in the world <laughs> and probably the best vocal coach in the world. I'll, I'll say that too. And uh, she taught seven of your children. I understand uh, yes. that you had one lesson where you all congregated together and she taught seven <laughs> members of your family. That's pretty yes. cool. <laughs> yes. She's obviously everybody's favorite vocal coach. But no, I went to uh, University of Saskatchewan, as you mentioned, and I took a first year art course from Otto Rogers, who's a fine art painter. 
And Otto had some very interesting ideas, and I kept wanting to sort of find out what they were, but I was a little nervous to ask. And I finally did ask him, and he said, you know, I'm a professor here. I can't really talk about my beliefs. Um, and so, you know, I sort of, I didn't forget it, but I but I went back to him a second time, and I said, well, could I come and visit you? <laughs> Smart. So, yeah. so I went and met his family, and they were such a sweet amazing family five kids that he that he and barb had and and uh he told he told me about the baha'i faith the baha'i community the baha'i uh teachings and i really uh it, it made it had a big impact on my life as a young person because it helped center me in not just knowing that i wanted to be involved in music but i also wanted to have a purpose for that music and you know, so much uh, music uh, in through history has been written in, in a sense, um, the Im- imagination of the composer and, and the inspiration has often been spirituality, whether it's Jesus, whether it's Muhammad, whether it's Moses, whether it's Buddha or Krishna. It's been a source of inspiration for uh, countless people through history. So that was really my, my kind of launching point <laughs> it took me a, a little while to change some of my bad habits <laughs> but but i really felt like i i i found something that was universal that was because uh, my my parents were from a christian background that that was absolutely accepting of christianity of judaism not just accepting but acknowledged that they were sister religions, that these religions were very much a part of the evolution of humanity, and that religion, like everything else, could be evolutionary. But but because this idea of the unity of mankind was so important, the unity of the human race being kind of our next step of social evolution and spiritual evolution, it was a very interesting idea to me. And, uh, and, and so it's really, it's been a life of engagement with those ideas and those, uh, what I call big ideas and wonderful kind of harmonious teachings, like teachings that really, uh, as you say, are based in love, like all religions, all religions are based on these same principles. It's just that we, sometimes we forget them. (laughs) Absolutely. But it sounds like this was a great beacon of light and a guiding force for you. And I'm wondering so armed with this beautiful sort of religion and, and ideology and this wonderful um, talent that you, you possess as a, as a classical pianist and as a composer, how did you get from there to literally fa- finding this company, uh, Lens Entertainment? Suddenly you started this company and just some unbelievable work has emanated from this place. Like you went out into the world and what happened? Well, you're so you're so kind because you know uh, one of, one of the things that I think is the nature of artists, and uh, you you have an, a, a, a daughter that's an artist, and so you I'm sure you've experienced this, but we're all a bit insecure, right? <laughs> like we're all a bit uh, kind of not sure. My one one of my friends describes it as a bit like uh, the waves in the ocean; they're pretty restless, right? Yes, and so the, that restlessness doesn't really allow you to sort of sit and think. Oh, I've really, I've really done well. <laughs> that is not in our lexicon. So I think that the idea is is that I, I I have that restlessness, and I wanted to sort of try 
a bunch of things. And the first opportunity I got really to explore uh, beyond just being a pianist was I got a job with a group called Seals and Crofts. Uh, their music was really quite extraordinary to me. It was also inspired by the Baha'i teachings. And so I felt like I had a good start uh, with them learning. And I, I, I learned about songwriting. Uh, I learned about uh, production. I was responsible for their publishing, uh, like all the demos for their publishing company. And then after I worked with them for a while, I worked with uh, uh, Kenny Loggins and, and Jimmy Messina. Yes. Loggins and Messina. Wow. That must have been an absolute life changer for you. Yeah. Well, it certainly was from a musical point of view, because um, both those groups really uh, were like people call it soft rock or, or folk rock or that kind of thing. But but the thing about them is they were great songwriters in in the in those groups. Both Kenny and Jimmy were, were good songwriters. And Jimmy Seals and Dash wrote, wrote less. But Jimmy Seals was an amazing songwriter as well. But they were also great singers. And so the combination of that kind of ability, not just to write really memorable songs with great hooks and interesting lyrics and all of that, uh, but also just to be able to hear those kinds of voices and work with those kinds of voices as a keyboard keyboard player and as a musical director. uh, It really was essential training in, I think, for me, uh, as to how it is that you could build a career, right? And, wow. uh, and so that opened the door to all kinds of interesting things where I got to be a uh, director of, of live, like a music director on a live television show in Canada called um, 90 Minutes Live. I worked with hundreds of artists through the three years of that show, every, live every night, just having to play with those artists. Wow. And, uh, was the, this with Peter Zosky? Was, yes. was that? The, oh, yeah. of course. That, yeah. what a God, what, yeah. so, give, give us some of the names of the people that you worked with in that three year period. I mean, him alone, just to work with Peter Zosky himself <laughs> is uh, unbelievable. What a wonderful man he was. Oh, well, we, we got to work with everybody from Donna Summer to, uh, it was before Celine, Celine Dion. I got to work with her later, but, but it was, uh, oh man, Robin Williams, uh, Chuck Berry, uh, just, just, incredible uh, Buffy St. Marie. That's where I first met Buffy and, and worked with her after, from that on. But uh, it, it, it was an amazing experience and all these artists would come through. And of course we had to do a show live. And so we would do two or three songs in a show plus, you know, so, lots of, lots of last minute things. <laughs> it was great training really. Unbelievable. I even read that you did, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, the sick kids telethon uh, yes. For years, because I remember being on camera for that with uh, with believe it or not Lloyd Robertson, and and we were friends. We both had a mutual friend, Jeannie Crosley. I don't know if you remember Doug Crosley and Jane Crosley. Oh. She was a good friend of mine and my makeup artist. Yes, and she was the best. She was the best person. Well, I'm still very good friends with her daughter Nancy. Oh, and, and I was sitting in the chair with Jean. She was doing my makeup for about an hour, and Lloyd said, "Jeannie, I'm going on the air on national television." in about two minutes. Who is that girl? <laughs> <She's>, <laughs> oh, that's Judy Liebrack. She's the consumer reporter on the Dini Petty show. <laughs> and it's like, I'm just this little reporter. Here's, here's uh, Lloyd man. Robertson. But but you were involved in that as well. Uh, absolutely. Uh, and, and, oh, my. and and I, I always felt like the telethons were uh, such a wonderful way as well as meeting a huge number of artists, but also because it was such a, both I did the Easter Seals telethon as well for years and between the two of them it was just like an extraordinary experience but it was also so 
uh, heartwarming and inspiring to hear the stories of these kids in the hospitals and you know and and it was strange to me too because I, I never thought that I would uh, have uh, a child that was one of these kids that you saw on those telethons right I, that, that's sort of where where fate and music and and disability of uh, for children all kind of met because I, I did the telethon the sick kids telethon for ten years probably. And and every year we, you'd see all these kids, and then finally, um, you know, uh, our daughter was born, and we, I think one, on one of the last Sick Kids telethons they introduced her. So that was really marvelous too. Wow! And you're you're speaking about Mercy, who yes. we get to see on on uh, Jake's Sunday Zoom, and and yeah. so just a week ago. You sang something. Every time you, you, you sing something and play something, uh, we all cry, even though the other artists like Andrea Vicelli that are covering your, your work. But when you sing these songs, some of them just being sung by you just is heart-wrenching. And you, you did a live version of Fathers and Daughters, Father yeah. and Daughters. Can you tell us a little bit about that? And I think you might even be able to play a little bit of it Absolutely. right here for us. Totally. So awesome. yeah. I, I, I wrote the song uh, for her because I wanted to try to find a way uh, because she doesn't speak and she doesn't see. Um, she hears and you can tell that she responds to sounds. But uh, I really have found through the years that she responds to music. And so the, the song was really written about how it is that you um, that you see your children and a little bit about how they see you. <laughs> mm, nice. Nice. Yeah. Let's have a listen to, uh, this is kind of exciting. We've never done this before in the oh, program. We always just okay. play MP3 tracks and wave files. So this is really cool. <laughs> Can you hear the piano okay? Perfectly. So this just go, I'll, I'll just do a little bit of it for you, okay? Father and daughter, daddy's girl. There's no one like her in the whole wide world. When she looks in the mirror, what does she see? It's never as good as Daddy sees. And she's my angel. She's Daddy's little girl. crying here in, in our various uh, remote locations <laughs> that's so beautiful jack I, the that's reason just... i the reason i only do a verse and a chorus because i have trouble getting through the song <laughs> it's really uh, emotional for me i understand that and and i understand that and for us as well that's just uh, absolutely beautiful thank you thank you for sharing that we're going to go on a short commercial break more of jack lens and his beautiful music when we come back back in a moment 
Finding Your Bliss is brought to you by Create, Canada's leading fertility center for over 25 years. Create is here for anyone struggling with infertility or in need of assisted reproductive technology to have children. Create is about cutting-edge science from highly skilled doctors. In unprecedented times like these, Create is about ensuring the safety of all patients and staff. Create has made important changes to protect you by ensuring social distancing, wearing masks, as well as screening before entering. So what about the bundle of joy that you've been hoping would come into your family? Create Fertility Center is here for you. Visit createivf.com to keep up with the latest changes and learn about Create Fertility Center's comprehensive care for every fertility journey. Keep safe and healthy during these challenging days, remembering that life is about moments that we create together. We are back, and this is Finding Your Bliss on Zoomer Radio, and we're joined by Canadian music icon Jack Lenz. Was it a scary decision to found the company Lenz Entertainment and stop being a freelancer and go out on your own? It's, it was, I think it was a good decision, but was it a scary decision at the time? Yeah, you know, I, I, I wasn't really prepared. I don't think anything trains you uh, to run a business. Um, I think people can go and they can get MBAs <laughs> and, and God, I wish I had <laughs> because the, the challenge of running a business is really extraordinary because the only way that we could build our business was to invest uh, the royalties that came from music writing. So I worked with a really great company called Olay, which is now Anthem and they did a remarkable deal with me where basically they gave me a lot of money to be able to invest in the development of television shows so that we could expand the business into television. And we mostly did television. We mostly did children's television series. Well, when you're taking those kinds of risks with your own money, uh, it gets a bit scary. And we had a very good run where we, for about 10 years, it worked. And then it stopped working because really the the bottom fell out of the children's television market and we just weren't busy enough to sustain that, you know, having 50 people on staff, having a huge uh, structure, a big building that was expensive. And I learned so much about business, but I I think I learned mostly about myself that that's not what I wanted to do. I wasn't I wasn't good at it. I didn't I couldn't sustain it. And uh, people who are in those kind of businesses for a long time, I have great respect for because it takes enormous uh, resources and courage and all, all of that stuff. So it was it was a fascinating time uh, and a time that I certainly value now because, they you know, they say adversity is a good trainer. <laughs> uh, the best. The best. So how did you pivot, Jack? What, what did you do when all this was happening? Well, basically, I went back to writing music um, because I was writing music during that time. But I was also running, you know, a company that was doing three or four or five series at a time. And uh, so I didn't I didn't write as much music. And it was actually great to be able to return to writing music. Um, because, you know, it, it's something that I've always loved and always been able to do. So that certainly, uh, you know, sustained us through a challenging time. And uh, now, now, we're, now we're back. We're, we're heading into the production of 10, 10 films over the next three years, all based on uh, social, you know, huge social issues that humanity is wow. facing. 
Wow. And that's the perfect segue to, to tell our audience about how you created the song Here Comes Love to honor mm-hmm. the Black Lives Matter movement. And the song is sung by artists Amoy Brown and Mark Masary, another person I know, great guy. Uh, yes. And I had the pleasure of listening to this song sung by you once again on, on Jake's Sunday Zoom Jam. But there's also a lovely video of the song produced by One Planet Please Productions. And Here Comes Love is a music video using documentary footage from social justice marches in 2020. Can you tell us a little more about the lyrics and who this song pays tribute to? There's a great line from, I think, Sammy Kahn, who was asked, you know, what comes first, the music or the lyrics, right? <laughs> and he said, usually, usually the phone call, <laughs> right? Because <laughs> somebody's going to call you and say, I need this. And so I was working on a civil rights film called Prom Night in Mississippi with Morgan Freeman. And uh, I got asked to write a song for the end of the movie. And I wrote this song and it just was really, really kind of just appeared to me. Uh, and it was based on a, on a, a poem that I love uh, by Hafez uh, that, that basically says, you know, uh, I tell you this, my friend, uh, these days bitter as venom. These days as bitter as venom shall pass away. And days sweeter than sugar shall come our way. And I can barely even say that that poem without getting emotional. But what's interesting about it is I really felt that it was a way to express what these people in the civil rights movement went through, what the black community went through to try to get the vote, for one thing. And then the other thing was just to try to have basic... Uh, social human rights of association to be able to not worry about where they sat on a bus or in a restaurant or all of these things. And so the heroes of the civil rights movement were really uh, extraordinary because we don't think of them as martyrs, but so many of them were killed because they were trying to just get social justice. Terrible. Yeah. And that included young Jewish guys I, I, the stories are incredible. You, you, I'm sure you remember about the three young men who were killed by the Ku Klux Klan, and uh, Michael Schwerner, uh, James Cheney, and they, you know they were they were simply trying to move these social issues forward, and they were they were killed. So I also wanted to pay tribute not just to the, all the marchers in 2020 after the death of George Floyd, which was powerful enough, but I wanted to pay tribute to all these civil rights heroes. And so basically what we did is we took footage of the uh, millions, you know, that over 30 million people marched in the streets of the world, all over the world. And so we took that, some of that footage. And then on the buildings around them, I put, I had a visual effects company in LA put pictures of these civil rights heroes and martyrs on the buildings above them. <laughs> wow. Super. Yeah. That's so cool. Super and it was so so interesting just to see how that would affect people. And right now, I think it's, and I never thought, I've never had a video do this, maybe with the exception of some of the Andrea Bocelli stuff, but I had, uh, the, the video has like 300 and almost 350,000 views. And, and I think that's because it speaks to not just the value of these people and the value of marches and the value of protest for social justice and social equality and racial harmony and racial justice and racial equality but it also speaks to the idea that what we really need is love yes that is exactly what we, what we need who is this video produced by uh, i produced it uh, with a wonderful director named elijah marchand and then uh, i got a company out of california called uh, one planet media 
to uh, help me finish it and get the visual effects done and then do the distribution of the video. And, and you know, while you're seeing all these people, you're hearing this verse, here comes love from the world above, because I really believe that we can call on these great souls from the next world, these people who made such sacrifice for a great cause, and uh, call, call on them to, to help us establish better relations, better social conditions, like we've seen with the pandemic, how it's primarily, it's had way, way too much in uh, impact on them on minorities because of the fact that they're doing the tough jobs and they're, they're essential workers and they're people who, who we need. And yet they become uh, imperiled by, by the fact that they work for less and they, they struggle. Yeah. It's got to change. And, and thanks to people like you, because you're, you're, you're a, a composer and an arranger and a musician and a producer with a heart. And you wear your heart on your sleeve. We see it. And we're so lucky to have you creating this beautiful music and art to express what we're all feeling, but we don't know how to express it the way you do. And so it's, it's just an incredible gift that you're giving to the world. And I'm excited to share a little clip right now from Here Comes Love sure. uh, with our audience. And we have, uh, we have a clip. Let's roll that. Here comes love. Oh, that's just so beautiful, Jack. That's just so beautiful. And and we're going to direct our audience on how they can hear the whole thing to, at the end of the show and, and, and watch that beautiful, beautiful video and sung again by artists Amoy Brown and Mark Masary. Just mm-hmm. beautiful. These heroes send love from the world above. That's what we need. That's mm-hmm. what we need more of. Wow. So on a on a slightly lighter note here, I, I as I was doing the research, and I mentioned this earlier, my husband, Cliff, is crazy about a song called Levi Blues. Oh and, yes. <laughs> and I and I'm I'm scrolling along and I'm and, and it's in my library, you know, of course it's it's you know it's uh, Dalla and it's Levi Blues and and I'm like, whoa, wait a minute. Get on my my, my Brian line and uh, glasses here and I'm like no, that's impossible. So I know you have helped develop many artists and I know you've, you've worked with Bocelli and Celine Dion and all these incredible people. And, and all of a sudden I go, no, no way. <laughs> Can you tell me about Levi Blues and what your role was in all of that? Well, uh, I had the very good fortune uh, to, to work for many years with Mike Roth. He's uh, he was head of Sony A&R for years and, uh, he really was the person who nurtured, um, uh, you know, Sheila and Amanda through through several records, and uh, I was just lucky to be uh, uh, on their coattails. I guess would be the best way to do it because uh, Mike came and worked with me at Lens Entertainment in artist development uh, after he left Sony, and we we worked with a number of really wonderful artists. Mark Mazury being one of them. Uh, Adam Crossley, amazing uh, songwriters and singers, and so we we decided uh, to work together on on the Dalla projects, and so we did a couple of records together, including the one that has Levi Blues on it, and then uh, we did a special for PBS called Girls from the North Country, and it's really a fantastic special. It's the only uh, it's the only television special that they've done. And so, you know, we, we continue to keep in touch. Uh, they are really 
extraordinary. They're two, for me, they're two of the finest, um, finest female duos anywhere and finest duos anywhere because they just have such feeling in their music. They sing like they're one person and that, you know, so we, we, we did uh, Levi blues on their special. Uh, and we also had them come and do a Jim, a Jim Brickman uh, for PBS as well. They came and played on his special that we shot in Canada. So I've had this uh, wonderful relationship with them and they often come, they actually came to Mercy's school and Jacob's school and and, uh, called Park Lane school, which is not far from, um, you know, um, it's on the bridal path. If you can imagine 60 special needs, disabled, wonderful, amazing kids, uh, angels looking after angels is what I call the teachers. And they, <laughs> they, uh, had this gala to raise money for the school and for Aww. projects and Dalla came and performed and Mark Masri came and performed. It was like an old home week. <laughs> That's so fantastic. You're, you're, you're involved in all with all of them. You've had, two state-of-the-art recording studios, and even a puppet-making shop. And I understand that making puppets was also a big part, and I think might still be, of your work. Can you tell us about that? Well, we we had the good fortune uh, to work with uh, Jason Hopley and Jamie Shannon, two of the probably most creative people I've ever met. They are uh, truly gifted guys. And uh, they had a company called The Grogs, and I got involved... uh, um, you know, in trying to uh, help them realize, I actually got them fired from YTV because <laughs> where they started out, I'll probably they'll maybe never forgive me for that. But anyway, they they really are such extraordinary artists, and they um, they created a show called Nanaland, which we did for CBC. It was a puppet show about this little girl named Mona and her and her Nana. And it was really about childhood imagination. And uh, it's so so charming and so adorable and also so funny. Uh, We we did another show for Nickelodeon with them that they originated called Mr. Meaty, which was about two two teenagers in a in a mall similar to Scarborough (laughs) who, uh, who were working uh, in, in a fast food shop called Mr. Meaty. Uh, And (laughs) the, the, the lead song, the the opening song, I remember had a line that said, all God's creatures fresh off the grill. (laughs) (laughs) So, so (laughs) and anyway, we did, we did a bunch of work for Disney with them. They were, they were really uh, inspirational creative talent you know there's no end to your talent and how prolific you are jack lens you've written scores of jingles and one of the ones that you're the most famous for as we said off the top is the toronto blue jays theme song okay blue jays let's play ball how did that all come about oh you know i worked with a great guy named tony kozenek who is probably again one of the most talented canadians i have to say that people like tony Kozenik, people like Dalla, people like Mark Masri, uh, these are huge talents. And they've just never had that break, you know. But it hasn't stopped them from being great artists. And they will always be great artists. And Tony had a song called uh, All Things Come From God. And then uh, we did a record together called Coming In For A Landing. And in 1982, we had a company together doing commercials and that kind of thing. And so we got a call from the Blue Jays and Paul Beeston actually came to our little office on Hazelton Avenue and said, you know, we, we want a song, but we want something that, you know, is happy. We want it to be something where uh, people can sing it at the seventh inning stretch. 
Uh, and, you know, we're, we're an expansion team. This was five years after they started. So we don't want to promise too much. So just say we're okay. <laughs> <laughs> don't say we're the best in the world. Just say we're no, okay. We're That's okay. so great. That's so great. <laughs> I have to tell you, when we were doing interviews around its release, because it's one of the few uh, – uh, I'm not, not that there are a lot of baseball songs. It was one of the few baseball songs that actually became a gold record. And we were presented with a gold record in, in a, by the Blue Jays at home plate. Anyway, wow. but some young ingenue at, at uh, Much Music asked Tony, uh, you know, what what was in, in, involved in the song? What was his inspiration? And he said he was still in therapy trying to figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> Jack, what drives you so relentlessly to keep reimagining and pivoting and creating? Hmm. Such a good question. Uh, my wife would really like to know the answer to that too. <laughs> but I'd have to I'd have to say that what it is is my belief that art has the capacity not just to entertain, but it has the capacity to enlighten and to empower. There's a great expression in the Baha'i teachings that said music is a ladder by which the soul of a human being can ascend to a supreme horizon. Mm. And I've always thought, um, well, I'd sure like to, <laughs> like to see that. But I think that, uh, you know, I continue to, to try through whatever uh, time I have and, and whatever capacity I have to express those things which hopefully will inspire and empower people to to really to to better lives you know uh, i i think our our daughter does that for us um because you can see you 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 live with someone who you experience this incredible um uh feeling that you you just don't know that world right You'd like to understand it. You'd like to know it. That's what the song Go Where Love Goes was about. Trying to understand uh, differences, even understanding differences in the world. And to actually grow as a person, not just to appreciate differences, but to love them. Wow. I'm not surprised that in 2019 you were celebrated with the most performed screen composer in the 30-year history of SOCAN. Can you tell us briefly what that was like? Well, that was uh, my <laughs> my kids called it the Grandpa Award because <laughs> he had to be doing something for thirty years to win. That's the first thing. So, uh, but no, it was it was really a wonderful evening. I got to sit with Buffy Saint Marie. She was also being put in the in the SoCan sort of Music Hall of Fame, and and uh, so many so many great people. Um, Ed Robinson. Some Ed Robertson from uh, Bare Naked Ladies was there. You know, people performed. It was really a great night. It was it was a thirtieth anniversary of SoCan, so I guess that's why they were doing that. I had lots. Of, I had my whole family there. I had lots of friends there, and and people that I'd worked with over the years. So it was really a remarkable, special event. And 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 you know what? It it made me feel like okay, well, if I had thirty more years, what could I do? That's mostly what I thought. <laughs> What's really in store for us as humans? Like, does our creative journey end with our physical death or does our creative journey really just begin with our physical death? I like that thought. What is bliss for Jack Lenz? Oh, bliss. Wow. Well, I, I have two things that I do. I, I play the piano every day as, 
uh, as a way to find ideas. Because generally in my work, I have to write somewhere between an hour and 90 minutes of music a week for just just to kind of keep up with the deadlines and the things that I work on. But I, I think playing, I think still playing the piano for me is still the, my greatest bliss. But my other bliss is is really um, my family. Just that feeling like we have all of our kids, most of our kids. I have seven kids, but we have a lot of them home right now because the universities are all closed, right? So <laughs> I think my wife Deborah and I are really enjoying it. Uh, having them, but I'm not sure they're having as much fun because <laughs> this has been kind of a tough time for for kids not being able to do the things that they can normally do, you know. But those are really my two my two blisses. I appreciate you asking that question though, because I don't think enough about that. That's why it's such a good title for a show. It's like it's really important to find those things that you really love and enjoy. Absolutely. Well, I think a lot of us are put on this planet with a purpose and a calling. And I think yours is very clear. And I think you do bring great bliss and catharsis to so many people through through your work and through, I just think, the human being that you are, which I think is a very good one. And I'm very pleased to have had this hour with you. What is the best way for people to get in touch with you, Jack, and to follow you on social media? Well, uh, I haven't really been very good at that. Uh, I'm I'm on Facebook, which my kids say is only for old people, so they think I should be there, <laughs> uh, as, just as Jacqueline's. Um, I actually uh, have hired uh, a social media person to help us because we're actually working on a film right now, which I'm very excited about, uh, about Seals and Crofts. It's a, it's a film called One Planet, One People Please, which was one of their songs that we used to play. And so I'm doing a feature documentary about their lives and their music. But also, um, I, I think uh, jacklensmusic.com is just where people can kind of see a retrospective of 50 years of work since it's been 50 now. And, uh, and really, I would hope that um, I get a few more years. And then, and then maybe maybe by that time I'll have like a Twitter account. <laughs> <laughs> maybe even TikTok. We're gonna go yeah. on a short we're gonna go on a short commercial break when we come back. We'll hear more from Jack Lenz back in a moment. Finding Your Bliss is brought to you by Create, Canada's leading fertility center for over 25 years. Create is here for anyone struggling with infertility or in need of assisted reproductive technology to have children. Create is about cutting-edge science from highly skilled doctors. In unprecedented times like these, Create is about ensuring the safety of all patients and staff. Create has made important changes to protect you by ensuring social distancing, wearing masks, as well as screening before entering. So what about the bundle of joy that you've been hoping would come into your family? Create Fertility Center is here for you. Visit createivf.com to keep up with the latest changes and learn about Create Fertility Center's comprehensive care for every fertility journey. Keep safe and healthy during these challenging days, remembering that life is about moments that we create together. We are back, and this is Finding Your Bliss on Zoomer Radio, AM 740, FM 96.7. We are joined by the fabulous producer and composer, Jack Lenz, we've been spending a delightful hour with in a retrospective of this miraculous and spectacular career. Jack, you worked with Andrea Bocelli in another piece that I absolutely love that you played for us on a, on a Jake Zoom Jam that you and your son wrote. A single for Andrea Bocelli is called Go 
Where Love Goes. Can you tell us about that? What was the inspiration for that song? It was a song for a film called The Lazarus Child. And it had Angela Bassett and Andy Garcia in it. And I was asked to write a song for the end of the movie. And this one they actually used. <laughs> the movie's about a child that goes into a coma. And they bring in this person who specializes in trying to figure out how to bring them out of comas. And uh, I never, I don't think it was a true story, but it's, but it's an interesting premise about how they hook up uh, one person to another person, uh, usually a relative to the child that has, that is in a coma. And they try to communicate through, through a computer to be able to connect the, the two minds, right? Anyway, so they asked me for a song that would be about a person who, um, you know, do, doesn't have normal consciousness, right? So the, the whole idea was um, trying to imagine what the inner thoughts would be like. And of course, my daughter, Mercy, it was a natural because I, she's never spoken a word. She's like Jake, you know, Ellen's son. Uh, she, she's never spoken a word. She never will. Um, she doesn't see. So uh, in trying to figure out what her reality is like, what what her mind was like, I really struggled with sort of trying to imagine it. So it ended up as some a very flowery verses <laughs> and then a chorus that says, uh, you know, go where love goes. Because that's all I could think was that that must be a place where where love goes, where love is, and where love goes. So it was kind of the effort to do that. And then my son Asher is a wonderful composer as well and does a lot of music. He writes with the Canadian tenors. He's also written for Josh Groban. And he's a very gifted guy. And, and he he wrote this melody, which was just this... Uh, And then the chorus I wrote da 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 Anyway, it goes on for a while. Wow. But the thing about it, it was it was really magical, and I sent the track. Uh, to Andrea Bocelli, who I'd worked with before. And he loved the track and said, come to Italy, we'll, um, we'll, record, it at my, we'll record my vocal at the house. And then I'd, I was working with this young opera singer named Holly Stell, and she had recorded it, but he, he thought it would be great as a duet. So we went and hung out in, um, oh, what's, what's the name of the place? It's between Milan and Florence. Tuscany? Uh, no, it's 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 near Tuscany, but but it's on the beach, um, right right on the ocean. I'll rem- I'll remember. Anyway, uh, and Veronica, uh, Andrea's wife, is really a very gracious person. So we spent three days there, back and forth, because uh, uh, Andrea Andrea doesn't like to to sing a lot at, at once, and so we ended up doing the song over about three days, and it was just glorious hearing him sing and hearing him sing in this beautiful Italian mansion that he lives in. And of course, my son Asher was there. He came along with me and uh, uh, 
he, he said such an interesting thing. He said, you know, Dad, he says, I think we should open office here. It's Forte del Marmi. That's what it is. Forte <laughs> del Marmi, right on the coast of Italy. This unbelievably great restaurants all along the beach. And he said, I think we should open an office here. And I said, yes, and who would be running that office? And he said, I think I should run that office. <laughs> so I said, yes. Uh, and I'd be calling you from cold Toronto and the, the, I'd get the answering service and it would be you saying, I'm sorry, I'm not available right now. <laughs> Jack Lenz, it has been an absolute honor, truly, and pleasure to have you on this program. Thank you, Judy. It's been a real pleasure to have such interesting questions and a great discussion. And uh, thank you very much for everything you do. Thank you for what you do and for what you bring to this world. It's, it's quite wonderful. Each week, we spotlight a singer, songwriter, or musician on the show. If you're a singer, please write to us at music at findingyourbliss.com. Also, we encourage you to visit us at Finding Your Bliss magazine. Be sure to sign up for Bliss News. And of course, you can always follow us at The Bliss Minute on Instagram and Facebook. I'd like to thank my wonderful guest, Jack Lenz, for being on the show today. Also, a big thank you to our supervising producer, Mag Ruffman, production manager, Siobhan Kiley, PA researcher and editor, Haley Allegia, audio producer, Faz Kazi, and everyone here at Zoomer. And of course, a big thank you to the Create Fertility Center. This show has been recorded on Squadcast. For all of us here at Finding Your Bliss, I'm Judy Lee Brack, reminding you all to take one step closer to finding your bliss. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.